Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. I have, oh, today is, um, before I say anything else, today is Tuesday, February 11th. And I have switched to sweetening with honey, moving away from stevia, trying to improve my gut biome. And uh, I don't think I used enough honey. It's a different kind of sweet, isn't it? You know, stevia has a very acute sweet, and this is a little bit more, um, je ne sais quoi, not as sweet. <laughs> but I was also being judicious because I was trying to dribble the honey in with the milk as it frothed so that it wouldn't, um, you know, like gum up in the bottom. And I have no froth, which is not surprising. So I think what I will do on my second cup is I will put the honey in the bottom of the cup with the espresso and melt it there and then add my frothed milk. I know you all are fascinated, but, you know, after all, the name of the podcast is First Cup of Coffee, so how can we not discuss coffee. I also put a little, um, I did the ristretto Nespresso capsule today and I added some vanilla to the milk and I can't taste that at all with the honey. So clearly there is some balancing to be done here. Um, if any of you have insights, I look forward to them. I might have to, um, look at some actual recipes and see what See what the professionals do, as it were. So uh, our snow did deliver. Um, David says we didn't get as much as they forecast, but I think we got a decent amount. I'm putting a picture on the podcast. Uh, certainly we've gotten several inches. Um, maybe he was thinking we'd get like eight. It's also very windy, so it depends on where you look. Um, some places are scored, scored, scoured, scoured, pretty clear. Um, but, you know, like I took a photo of the secret garden from the kitchen window, and that's the walled garden. And inside the walled garden, it's pretty deep back there. So, so there we are. <clears throat> this is just kind of an aside about the secret garden. But we have um, rain barrels. We have three big rain barrels in the backyard in the secret garden. <clears throat> Excuse me. That we have underneath the canales. So here in Santa Fe, we have a flat roof. And the canales are, um, you know, it's Spanish for canal, right? You know, and they sort of stick out from the roof. And the rain pours off of them like in a waterfall. We don't have gutters. And so... If you want to be water-wise, and water is very expensive here, it's our most expensive utility, you put the rain barrels underneath the canales, and then we use that to supplement watering the garden and filling the fish pond. So the thing is, is that the rain barrels, you have to empty them during the winter because they'll crack. The, the ice will, of course, expand inside the plastic rain barrel and will crack them. So for summertime, there's a system where you put a screen over the top and then, and there's a rubber washer and then you screw down 
sort of a plastic rim over it and the water pours down in there and that screen helps keep the um, keeps out the critters and other things. Uh, one thing we always do around here, I even learned this in Girl Scouts in, the, in Colorado, you know, is you always put a stick in like the fish pond or other water troughs so that the critters that fall in can get out again. So in the wintertime, what you do is you take off that screen and lock down rim and there's the rain barrels come with them. I don't know. It just looks like a sort of a black plastic pan and you fit that over the top instead to keep the water from going in there. Well, for some reason this fall, for the first time in 10 years since we've lived here, I just spaced winterizing the rain barrels. I don't know why. It just, um, I don't know if our weather turned quickly and it didn't occur to me, but I just, um, don't know, just didn't do it. And the reason I noticed it is I looked out one day and I saw that one of the rain barrels had fallen over. And I was like, huh, I wonder why the rain barrel fell, fell over. And I went out to look and it was just entirely full of frozen, I'm going to say frozen water. Another word for frozen water would be ice. So it was entirely full of ice. And as it fell, it broke off the spigot at the bottom. There's um just like a little regular water faucet that's embedded in there with a seal on it. And that way you can, um, you know, open it up and attach your garden hose to it or fill a pot from, you know, watering can or what have you from it. So it broke that off as it fell. And that was when I realized I went around to the rim barrels and sure enough, they were all totally full of ice. And, you know, like even the top, they had filled up, and so the screen had frozen on, onto there. And I tried to take them off then, and there was no way. It was just caked with ice. So then we had a few warm days recently, and I went out, and I went ahead and opened all the spigots on all of them because I thought, well, as it thaws, at least it'll try to drain them, see if it can save these things. So I... Sorry, I just heard an ominous thud from the other room. I don't know what David's doing. <laughs> yeah, but I hear him moving around, so clearly things are fine. So I thought, oh, I should go check them the other day because we've had some warm days. And sure enough, they still had some ice in them but they had really melted out a whole lot and the tops were completely clear. So I was able to stand up the one and I was, you know, got the tops off and put the blocks on there. So, you know, it's a little bit of a day late and a dollar short, but I did get it done. The one screen is entirely, it, it just totally ripped from the ice, but I think I can just buy a piece of screen and I might be able to reinstall that faucet on the one off to see how, badly it ripped. So all of that is mixed. No, never mind. It was just a little bit of a slice of life here in New Mexico. And I need to apparently set myself a calendar reminder to winterize the rain barrels before it freezes. Yeah, uh, completely slipped my mind. So I did get some decent work done on the Promised Queen yesterday. 
Um, didn't get 3,000 words, but not bad for ramping up. And I had done about 1,500 words on Sunday, getting the excerpt ready for Jenny. So I sent Jenny the excerpt yesterday, and she um, got back to me in the afternoon with some edits, some things she'd like me to do to slow it down a bit. Probably all things I would have done were I going to go back and layer and so forth. So she asked if I could do that by Wednesday. And I I got about 1,600 more words in on chapter two, and I'm starting to get the rhythm of the story. I was thinking it is difficult ramping up on a story like this and showing the early words. And I know I've probably mentioned this a few times, but, uh, you know, I always refer to that as shaken baby syndrome, <laughs> which I know is a somewhat macabre uh, analogy for writing, but it's an apt one because when you first begin writing a book, it's, it's very fragile, you know, and in some ways it is your baby. It's this thing that you're creating, but it's also, um, very dependent and, you know, its wings are wet to mix the metaphor. Um, you have to treat it very, very gently. And when you hand your baby over to somebody else to scrutinize, you need to be really super careful <laughs> who's going to take a look at it because some people are not good with babies and some people will shake the baby just to be awful people and to watch you scream. <laughs> uh, with someone like editor Jenny, it's her job to make sure that what's in the teaser pages, which I should say she really liked. There were a lot of things she really liked about the teaser pages. But, you know, it's also her job to make sure that they do their job you know, and ease the reader into the story and so forth. And, you know, so in some ways, I wouldn't say that I was anticipating Jenny shaking my baby and possibly harming it irreparably, which is what can happen, right, with shaken baby syndrome. You know, you can, you know, somebody does not treat a, a baby gently. You can kill the baby or you know, affect them for life. But I did know that she would, you know, give my baby a thorough exam and tell me what I needed to be doing different on my baby. <laughs> you know? um, so she returned my baby to me gently, but um, with a list of things I need to do to optimize my baby. So... I was aware of that yesterday as I was trying to dig into getting the rhythm of drafting this book. I was very aware of Jenny reading the pages because she had gotten the email. She said, I'm going to start reading them right now. And then, of course, she didn't get back to me till like three in the afternoon. And she apologized and said, oh, you know, Mondays evaporate so quickly. And, you know, she is um, really a very responsive editor. There are many editors out there who are not this responsive. So, you know, I could hardly falter, but you know, it was sort of, um, a, 
what, six or seven hours there that I was thinking, what if she hates it? What will she think? What What's going on out there? And I felt like I shouldn't touch that first chapter again, um, even though I started thinking of things that I could change. I thought, no, 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 don't touch it because she might come back with things, which she did. Um, it's just, it, it's a good example of the, you know, I mentioned a while back on one of my podcasts talking about soundtrack, you know, the analogy of turning down the volume of the voices and not having people, you know, saying things, you know, like not having people standing there poking and prodding and shaking your baby while you're, you know, still trying to figure out what kind of baby it is. So, it was just interesting to me to be aware of that yet once again. And uh, it's, uh, some advice that I will uh, continue to offer people because, you know, I want you to be um, aware that that's a real thing because we are such a critique and feedback heavy society at this point. And I know a lot of authors really enjoy doing things like, you know, Wattpad or, um, you know, various other kinds of Slack channels or feedback groups. And all of that can be very useful. But, you know, it's really more when your baby has grown up a little bit, you know, and the soft spot on the skull has sealed over and your kid can walk and talk by itself and you don't have to hover over it every moment just to make sure that it can survive infancy. So choose, choose your time when you show stuff to people. This was an unusual circumstance, right? Otherwise, there's no way I would have shown these initial pages to to anyone so soon. And it was definitely something that affected my process. So today I am going to look at what she suggested and wrap in some of that stuff. That first chapter was already pretty short. Um, so I, cause I was basically shooting for the length of the teaser pages. I had eight to 10 pages in the back of the book that I could do, which was um, about 2,200 to 2,900 words, depending on how you slice it. So, so yeah, I um, will definitely make that longer. And it's kind of funny, one of the things, Jenny and I often do this, and it's part of why she's a good editor. One of the things she had suggested was something I had in my notes to do. <laughs> I thought of it for a little bit later, but it could definitely work here. Oh, and I just got an idea for what that's going to connect to. Okay, so that's cool. So yeah, I'm um, ramping up, trying to get up to my 3,000 words a day, doing those early in the day. and But I did get um, my three hours of work yesterday. It was just a little bit slow, and I'm going to try to speed that up. In other news, I've been getting some great feedback on the fate of the Tala. Um, so gratifying, such wonderful feedback. Um, I will link to one of the reviews in case anyone wants to read it. Um, 
at, uh, what is it, Reading Reality, Marlene? Uh, and I might not get this right now. Sorry if you're listening. Uh, you know, it's like when you read, you, you recognize the words when you read them, but then when you have to produce them, sort of like the difference between able to read a language and speak a language. <laughs> so, but I think that's right. She gave me an A plus and she has been sometimes uh, severe on, on other books or, you know, not, she's not always, um, she doesn't always hand me A's and this was an A plus and she's not the only one. Several people have written to me too and saying that they just really loved the way that I tied that up and they loved the whole um, marriage in trouble romance arc, which you, you all as those of you who are longtime listeners and listen to me struggle through this book know that it was a very difficult emotional arc for me to write. And so it's just immensely gratifying that people seem to really be getting it and, um, and enjoying it. So, so yeah, I couldn't be happier. Um, as far as, you know, like the, for those of you interested in the business aspect of things, having the sales on the website was great for having that money come in early on. Um, I certainly make more money per copy that way. It did have an effect on the Amazon sales. My Amazon release numbers uh, were obvious. I mean, I, I think it's intuitive, right? They were lower and I'm not getting that same algorithm spike on Amazon. Um, and, you know, for those of you who are just readers, you probably hear writers talk about this sometimes, but you know, Amazon has become so much the be all and end all that, you know, we really do count on that sales spike on Amazon. It just lifts our visibility of all of our books overall. And I'm probably not getting as much of that this time. And I figure that's just part of doing it this way because I really want to decrease my reliance on Amazon. And there are certainly many, many authors who build their entire career and um, business profile or business strategy on maximizing the Amazon algorithm. It's like, really? <laughs> Is this really what we want to um you know, collaborate with that we are going to help Amazon be the one who determines whether or not a book succeeds or fails or whether we succeed or fail. So I did get some decent sales on Amazon, but not the spike that I would have. We'll see how it works, you know, like after a week or so, because with the book going live on Amazon on Saturday, that's, you know, not an ideal day. So we'll just sort of see, see how it floats from here. So with that, on that note, I'm going to get to work. Hope you all have a fantastic Tuesday, snowy or not. A lot of people are getting a lot of snow this winter, aren't they? Oh. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Um, first cup of coffee is, of course, part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And you all take care. Bye-bye.